0: All right, good morning once again. For those who don't know me, my name is Paul Letvin. I'm one of two pastors here at Submerged Church. And uh, on behalf of myself and co-pastor Bob, we'd just like to extend a very warm welcome to all of you, especially if this is your first Sunday with us. Thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, I hope all of us were able to enjoy a a blessed and meaningful time over the Christmas and New Year's holiday season, even in spite of some of the challenging weather that we faced. Uh, I was driving on Christmas Day north on I 29 to my brother's place, and it wasn't fun, <laughs> but we, we made it. The Lord protected us, and uh, it was good to be with family. Uh, but oh man, I got tired of white knuckle driving. Our trip to Arizona and back was uh, some parts were great, other parts were very challenging, but the Lord was watching over us. So I'm very, very thankful for that. We had some interesting weather. Uh, a new year is always a great time for reflection. How did I do last year? What can I improve? Uh, Last week, we had our Crown the Year service and reflected on all the ways that the Lord has blessed us, grown us, uh, taught us, you know, things that he taught us in 2022. Uh, And what a blessed time that was, wasn't it? Just to hear from uh, so many dear brothers and sisters uh, uh, who who shared. I I was certainly blessed and encouraged by it. And uh, another goal of ours this year is to try to work in more regular uh, testimony time, giving people a chance to share uh with with our family here, what, what's God been doing in your life. Uh a new year is also a good time to ponder what the Lord might want to teach me or how he might want to use me uh in the coming year. Isn't it? It's like, okay, Lord, what what do you have for me this year? Um I think it was David Barton that shared when he was here in October, there was a guy that would get out of bed. I think it might have been um General Patton, could have been somebody else, but they get out of bed every morning and they say all right, Jesus, this is General Letvin reporting for duty. You know, <laughs> so every morning you wake up, okay, okay, Lord, what do you, what do you have for me? Uh, what instructions might God have for us in 2023? What missions, what duties? Um, I'd like to share some verses and thoughts that I believe the Lord led me to. Uh, and then I'd, I'd like if hopefully have some time to pray together uh, at, at the end as today is Submerged Church's Pray Day, like I mentioned earlier. So I'm hoping to make this a shorter message and then we'll be sharing in the Lord's Supper as well. So uh, on that note, uh, let's begin and uh, I'm going to start with prayer. Father, we humbly come before you once again. We thank you for this time we can meet here. Thank you for the freedoms that we have to meet here. And Lord, we know we, it might not always be like this. Uh, We could be facing persecution in this nation very soon. In some degrees, it's already happening on different levels. Uh, Lord, I just pray you we'd be faithful with whatever you give us, with the situations that we're in, that we wouldn't stop meeting together. We wouldn't stop sharing the gospel. We wouldn't stop following you, Lord, and standing up for your truth. Oh, we need truth in this nation. And Lord, I pray that each of us here this morning, that you would give humble hearts to hear what you want to speak to us. What instructions do you have for us? What commands do we need to be uh, paying more attention to this year? So, Lord, we open our hearts to you. We open our minds to you. Pray that each person would be uh, hit, would be convicted with, with something that we could grow in together. We pray this uh, in your name, Jesus. Amen. So the big idea for this morning, seek the Lord's instructions for 2023. Seek the Lord's instructions for 2023. And Jesus himself said, if you love me, you will obey what I command. I think I've seen the billboard. Some of you have maybe seen it. Real Christians obey Jesus. You know, something to that effect. You know, how can we claim to be followers of Christ and yet we kind of run our own lives how we want to run it? We're not obeying Jesus' commands. We tell that to our children over and over. And, you know, we tell them, do you know how you can really be salt and light in our community and really put your faith into action? We tell this to our kids. <laughs> by obeying mom and dad and by being kind. You know, if you can focus on those things, man, that's going to be a testimony to the world. You know, and we love it. You know, it happens from time to time where we'll go out to eat or be out in public and someone will come up and say, wow, your, your kids are so well behaved. And, uh, <laughs> and Haley usually says, well, it takes a lot of prayer, a lot of training, you know, like, <laughs> with a big, like we're, we're glad this happened to be one of those times where they are actually behaving well. It, it, it doesn't always happen that way, but oh, man, uh, it, it, very humbling when we hear that, you know, because we, we have such high expectations of what we think kids should act like, and of course, they're the pastor's kids who are notorious for the ones getting into the most trouble, And but a qualification of an elder is that he needs to manage his own household, right? So if I if I can't manage my own household, well, what business do I have doing managing a church? You know, and it's so sad when we see uh, pastors whose marriages go by the wayside and end up getting divorced, and their their children do rebel. Of course, everyone's got their own free will. We we can instill truth in our children, and they can still choose to go against it. But uh, a lot a lot of it, you know. With, with training and consistency, hopefully you'll have a, a decent percentage rating of, of kids that turn out. Uh, anyway, so, so, that, so that's pressure. You know, that's pressure on me, pressure on my wife. Uh, but we, we try to encourage each other, you know what, uh, we're just going to do the best we can with what God's given us. And, and we, we pray for grace every day, you know, uh, just, just as our children need us to shepherd their hearts, Haley and I need Jesus to be shepherding our hearts so that we can invest in them and pour into them. And uh, so that's a challenge. Anyway, uh, as you might, if, if, if you notice, some of you maybe went through uh, the instructions on the back there in your bulletin and thought to yourself, huh, every single one of these is chapter 20, verse 23. 2023, 20, 2023, 20, 2023. Now, I'm not, I'm not claiming, I'm not claiming to be predicting the future here. I'm not saying that this is exactly what's going to be happening to us this year. However, I do know that God is a God of order. I do know that he sets up things in a certain manner for a certain reason. And it was astonishing to me as I sat down and was praying about what the Lord wanted me to talk about. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to start looking up. You know what? What do these 2023 verses have to say? And I looked up one after another after another. I was thinking, my goodness, this is so applicable to my life, to what we're going through right now. And I, I was just astonished. And especially when I got to the last one, I, uh, I didn't like the last one. Uh, I started uh, trembling a little bit, actually, but I, I thought it was good. Anyway, don't look it up yet. Don't look it up. Uh, but uh, we'll, 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 get, we'll get to it. But I, I really think that, that God spoke to me through this. And I trust that he will to you as well. So I just want to go through these eight. Different verses and instructions, things that I think would be prudent and wise for us to consider and be asking ourselves, you know, how, how can I be applying this in my life? So, uh, uh, first one there, if you're following along on your bulletin or on the screen, uh, the first one is Exodus 2023. We're going to hear that a lot this morning. This is Exodus 2023. You shall not make gods of silver to be with me, nor shall you make for yourselves gods of gold. Now, to put this into context, this is right after the Ten Commandments are delivered. And then in chap- in verse 22, it started to talk about laws about altars. And, it- and this is what it says. And the Lord said to Moses, thus you shall say to the people of Israel, you have seen for yourselves that I have talked with you from heaven. So he's, he's declaring something about himself. Like, I- I'm-, I'm different. I'm not like these gods of Egypt that go to and, you know, that they can't speak. They can't, you know, like, I, I, I talk to you from heaven. You guys have seen that happen. And then now in the next verse, 2023, he says, you shall not make gods of silver go- to be with me. Now, isn't that interesting? It says, you shall not make gods of silver to be with me, nor shall you make for yourselves gods of gold. And I think the instruction here. The, the basic instruction that I got to summarize this, so this would be the blank for number one, is to know God. Know God. That's the instruction. We need to know who he is and who he is not. And in context here, we, we don't need to add anything to God. We don't need to add idols of gold. We don't need to add idols of silver. We don't need to say, well, this would help me worship God better. Or maybe if I thought about him like this, then they would be, you know, we get these false notions of who God is, and, and subliminally, we could be worshiping a false God that we've created in our minds that's, that's not who God is. You know, think about his character. He's, he's omnipresent, he's omniscient, he's omnipotent, all powerful, he's, he's immutable, he never changes. Some people say, oh, the God of the Old Testament was wrathful and judging. And then the God of the New Testament, he grew up and was loving. No, no, no. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We need to have a good, healthy acknowledgement of who God is and his character attributes. Know God. So that's the first thing that I encourage myself with, that I encourage all of you with this year. We need to get to know God more. And how do we do that? Spending time with him abiding in him, sitting at Jesus' feet, reading our Bibles. What does it say about God? I can't tell you how many verses are in the Old Testament about how he's abounding in steadfast love, that chesed love, that covenantal love, when we're running away from him and doing our own thing. And he still runs after us and loves us and wants us to be in relationship with him. We still wake up the next morning, he says, here I am, Paul. Yeah, you really messed up yesterday, but I'm, I'm still here and I want to spend time with you. Uh, uh, get, get to know God. That'd be, don't, don't try to add to God. He is perfect beyond our imagination, just as he is now. He's righteous. He's holy. He's just. He's loving. He's merciful. He's patient. There's nothing we can do to improve on him. Don't try to make him something that he's not. So that's number one. Know God. Uh, Number two, when you guys saw Leviticus for the scripture reading this morning, you're probably thinking, oh boy, it's going to get crazy today. (laughs) Leviticus 2023. Oh man, this this was a good, one of the more convicting ones, which is why I picked it as the main scripture reading. And you shall not walk in the customs of the nation that I am driving out before you, for they did all these things and therefore I detested them. Once again, if you read in context... The verses prior to this, starting in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 19, and going all the way through chapter 20, verse 21 and 22, there's a lot of bad things that the nations had been doing that God drives out that he tells us not to do. Like eating blood, eating flesh with blood in it, making your daughter a prostitute, turning to mediums and necromancers, Not standing up before those with gray hair. It says that in in Leviticus 19.32. You shall stand up before the gray head in honor of the face of an old man. What has happened to respect for our elders in this day and age? Some of you have maybe noticed. Our youth are not being taught to respect their elders. Uh, Do no wrong in judgment, in measures of length or weight or quantity. We're told told not to have false scales. And then in verse 20, we get into child sacrifice. Oh boy, any one of the people of Israel or of the strangers who sojourn in Israel who gives any of his children to Moloch shall surely be put to death. The people of the land shall stone him with stones. I myself will set my face against that man and will cut him off from among his people because he has given one of his children to Moloch to make my sanctuary unclean. And to profane my holy name. And if the people of the land. Do it all close their eyes to that man. When he gives one of his children to Moloch. And do not put him to death. Then I will set my face against that man. And against his clan. And will cut them off from among their people. Him and all who follow him in whoring after Moloch. It is an atrocity what has happened in this nation over the last 50 years since Roe v. Wade, the 60 to 70 million children that have been aborted. In China, I think it's like four to 500 million or something, you know, with, with, their, with their one child policy to that. There's been w- way more children aborted in China, but, but our, our nation is guilty of bloodshed. It's innocent blood that's being shed. That's what the nations did that that God drove out. And yet we have that happening in this nation. And we might think, wow, how could somebody do that? Well, guess what? If you turn a blind eye to what's happening, you're just as guilty as those people who are sacrificing their children. What are we doing as a church to stand up against what's happening in regard to abortion in this nation? And praise the Lord, we had, a, we had, we had some victories last year, did we not? Roe v. Wade being overturned. Yes, that, that's amazing. And we, we need to celebrate that. But there is much work to be done. As far as I'm aware, there's still a temporary injunction. Maybe that's changed recently. Oh, it, oh okay, maybe some other updates. But we're having issues even with getting the abortion bans to plan to pass in North Dakota. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure where that's at, but uh, it's supposed to be illegal in North Dakota. I, I need to update myself on that. But, uh, but as you guys know, the local facility has just moved right across the river, and there is still abortion in our community. It's happening. I was just there on Wednesday. I think I saw three ladies go in in 45 minutes. The Wednesday before that, there weren't any abortions. Praise the Lord. Uh, Wednesday, December 28th, I think it was. Something must have happened where they couldn't do them. But anyway, it's happening right in our community. What are we doing about it? Uh, so anyway, the, the, main lesson from, uh, the main lesson from this is to be holy that I got. So number two, be holy. We need to set ourselves apart. Uh, Verses 10 through uh, 21 of chapter 20 in Leviticus talks about all kinds of different sexual immorality that's happening of these nations. People sleeping with the wife of his neighbor, with his father's wife, with his daughter-in-law, with uh, a a male having relationships with with another man like like they would with a woman. Homosexuality. A man lying with an animal. Uh, And guess what? That's here in the United States. Bestiality. It's happening. Um, that, that's that's where our nation is. So th- these are all the things completely against God's design and His order of these nations that God was driving out. He told Israel, "No, you guys, be different. Don't walk in these customs. I detest them." And then he, and He tells us uh, a little further on in uh, in Leviticus chapter twenty, verse twenty six. He he says. You shall be holy to me, for I, am the Lord, for I the Lord am holy and have separated you from the peoples that you should be mine. So Christians, myself included, I, I'm calling us to live to a, a higher standard of holiness this year. What, what, what filth do we need to, to set ourselves apart from? We, we need to look different than the world. How, how do we look different? How do we look different? Uh, the, the, thing, the things that we watch, the, how we spend our time, activities we engage in, is it, is it honoring to the Lord? Is it, uh, when you accept Christ as your Savior, you're, you're, a, you're a dwelling of the Holy Spirit. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Are we, are we taking care of ourselves as holy to the Lord? So uh, be holy would be that second instruction because if you look around, uh, our nation certainly is not and they are engaging in all of these things that God said not to do uh, in, in Leviticus nineteen and twenty. It's, it's happening right here on our doorstep, and, and, and we we need to be different. We're called to be different. Not to mention, if you if you look at where all these things lead, you know, think think of people when when they when they get abortions, when they, you know, the, the, the suffering that comes with that, when people get these transgender surgeries, when they commit these sexual immorality. Think of all the pain and the suffering and the destruction that comes. Oh, yeah, it might seem all good and right. And, yep, this is women's health care, and we're helping these people be who you want to be. How dare we stop you from going the path that you want for your life? And look at look at the lives that it's destroying. I mean... Wake up. And many people have come and said, I, I wish somebody would have told me not to go through this transgender surgery. Now I regret it. I've destroyed myself. People are spending millions of dollars on medical care just to keep their bodies functioning properly because they're so messed up from getting mutilated. When we go against God's will and his design, there's great consequences. So for me, I see this happening. I say, Lord, I will gladly go your way instead of, instead of this way. I, I want to go down the path of life enjoy. And, that, and that's what God wants. He doesn't want to squash our fun. He, he wants to give us life. His, his ways are better than our ways. Be holy. Be holy. And the good news is God, God forgives all these things, by the way. Any, any form of sexual immorality, immorality, people who have participated in abortions, have helped someone get an abortion. God forgives all those things and he heals us. And then he uses us to help others so they don't make that same mistake. So, so maybe some of us have done some of these things and we're thinking, oh man, I'm an awful unclean person. Well, that's why Jesus came because he, he died on the cross for our sins. And then we get to follow him in, in his ways. All right, moving on. Number, number three, uh, this is Judges, once again, 2023. 20, and the people of Israel went up and wept before the Lord until evening. And they inquired of the Lord, shall we again draw near to fight against our brothers, the people of Benjamin? And the Lord said, go up against them. And if you read this passage in context, guess what? This is the second time that they inquired of the Lord. They failed the first time. They got beaten very badly. Uh, I think 18,000 of their men. No, 22,000 were destroyed the first time. And then in context of this verse, God says, yep, go up against them. Well, guess what? Then they lost another 18,000 men against the Benjamites after they inquired of the Lord the second time. And then they inquired of him again. And they wept and they sat before the Lord and fasted. Uh, in verse 26 of this chapter. And they inquired of the Lord again. And, th- and then God finally tells them in verse 28, Go up, for tomorrow I will give them into your hand. Have you ever felt like you've been praying to God about something and you've gotten a clear from him only to just fall flat on your face? <laughs> hey, there we go. Hey, one honest person here. That's going to come up later. Be honest. Yeah, but thank you. To, uh, yeah, it's, it's happened to a lot of us, hasn't it? It's happened to a lot of us. And this, this, this was just such a good example to me. The lesson I learned from this was persevere in prayer. Persevere in prayer. There might be something that you're praying to God about that he allows you to fail in. And he's testing you. He's saying, okay, let's see how badly does Paul want to see this happen or, or grow in this life or see this situation resolved. And then you pray about it again. And then you fail again. Doesn't happen how you thought it would. Persevere in prayer. Don't, don't give up. Yeah, it, it, was, it was three times here before the Israelites finally saw a good victory against the Benjamites. And I don't have time to get into the context of why they were warring. But the point is, uh, God, God let them fail a couple times before he, before he answered their prayer. So, so, so per, persevere in prayer. Number, number four, 1 Samuel twenty twenty three. This is Jonathan speaking to David. And as for the manner of which you and I have spoken, behold, the Lord is between you and me forever. We know about this friendship between Jonathan and David. I, I don't know if there's another one really like it in all of Scripture where they, they had each other's best interest in mind and loved each other, just had this kindred spirit. Okay? And what I, what I learned from this, you know, it said, The Lord is between you and me forever. So basically, John, Jonathan's giving David his word here that he's going to follow through with what he's talked to him about. You know, he's, he's hiding. Uh, in the field, and the boys shooting the arrows, you know, to, to be a sign whether he should come to dinner or not. You know, salt, his father's trying to kill him. Uh, you know, what would you do if your father's trying to kill your best friend? Uh, his own son-in-law, for that matter. Uh, just unbelievable. But what, what I learned from this is, is keep your word. Number four, keep your word. Remember, when you tell someone you're going to do something, God is right there listening to it. He's, he's between you and that person. We, we need to follow through with what we've said to do. Be be a man of your word, be a woman of your word. Keep your word. And I, I need to especially remind that to myself with, with, with our children. Say, okay, Jude, we'll do this later. And, like, and, and, and I've I've been reminded of that. Like, oh yep, I promised I'd throw the football with Jude before he falls asleep. I, I, gotta, I gotta go do it. I said I was gonna do it. Yep. Uh, keep keep your word. God, God is watching. Proverbs 2023. 20, Another 2023. 20, Unequal weights, this is number five, unequal weights are an abomination to the Lord and false scales are not good. At first look, one might think, and this would be true, uh, that yeah, we, we need to be um, be careful in our business dealings. So, so the main lesson I learned for that, so, so for number five, the fill in for that would be be fair and honest. Be fair and honest. Be fair and honest. And at first glance, we might think, well, yeah, in our business dealings, we need to make sure we're not charging somebody more for something than we should and things like that. And that's true. But another thing I thought of, what about in our relationships? Do we have unequal weights in our relationships, false scales? There's some people we see that we're a little bit more willing to serve and help out and someone else that we might act a little bit differently if they're in the same situation. Uh... You know in uh, in james two one, it's it it commands us not to show favoritism or partiality. James two one says, "My brothers show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory." It's a command. And as far, as far as what I've found, the the only exception, like for, for me, for example, in showing partiality, would be to my wife. You know, I'm, I'm commanded to, to love her as my own body. I'm command, and, and my children, I'm commanded to train them up in the ways of the Lord. You know, aside from that, as far as I'm aware, and if somebody thinks differently, I'd love to uh, hear, hear your insight on that. But, you know, each of you here, I, I, I should be treating the same as fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, no matter what your situation. I shouldn't have unequal weights. If this person comes to me with a situation and then someone else comes to me with the same thing, would I be more apt to help one than the other? You know, something something for us to think about. Uh, unequal weights are an abomination to the Lord, and false scales are not good. So let, let's let's work on being fair and, and honest. Uh, Matthew 20, 23, number six. He said to them, You will drink my cup, but to sit at my right hand and at my left is not mine to grant. But it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my Father. So once again, in context, we have two people or, um, we have, uh, so this is verse, this is, this is Matthew 20, starting in verse 20, it says, then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came up to him, you know, so, so, so mom comes along, Hey, look at my two sons, you know, can, can they sit at your right and, and your left? Um, and Jesus says, well, that's really not for me to decide you know, uh, but it's for those for whom it has been prepared for my Father. So as I looked at this, the main message I got was was to be content. Be content. Don't, don't aspire like, oh, you see someone else getting honor or move to this higher position. Be content with where God has you. He, he knows your needs. He knows your abilities. He rewards each of us according to what we've done. Others might have other rewards. Uh, re- recently, I, I heard about... Um, so, someone I know who got, a, who got a big pay raise and uh, pretty sure they're getting paid a lot more than I am and they're a lot younger than I am. And, I, and honestly, I thought, wow, that's, that's awesome. Good, good for them. You know, I, 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 just, uh, I just chose to be excited for that person instead of thinking, well, <laughs> that person doesn't have a college degree. They shouldn't be getting paid. You know, it's, it's easy to have that. But guess what? That's what the wokeists are teaching. You're a victim. You should be getting paid more. You deserve this. It's like, no, work, work hard for the Lord and let, let him reward you accordingly. You know, same thing here. Jesus is saying, hey, back off, guys. God, God's going to decide who sits at my right and my left. I always joke with my, my sister, Rachel, that she's going to be probably a, at least a few million seats closer to the head of the table at the banquet than I will be. Like, Make sure you give me a good walkie talk. Hey, Rachel, how's the, how's the food up there a couple miles miles? But. Be, be, be happy for people when they get promoted to higher positions or, you know, when God rewards them. Philippians 4, 4.11, not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I am to be content. Philippians 4.11. Okay, next one. Luke 20.23, 20, but he perceived their craftiness. Oh boy. So here we have another example. Of the officials who are jealous of Jesus, all the attention he's getting, and they're trying to trip him up and do something to get him to uh, say something they can condemn him with, uh, etc. cetera. Um, and once again, in context, so this is intre- starting in verse 21 of Luke 20, it says So they asked him, Teacher, we know that you speak and teach rightly and show no partiality. We just talked about that, but truly teach the way of God. But he perceived their craftiness and said to them, show me a denarius. So they're trying to trip him up. They're trying to get him to say something so that he can get arrested. But he he knew exactly what they were trying to do. They were coming at him with ill will, with ill intent. I want to be like Jesus and I want to have discernment like this. So I I would say that's the lesson that, that I gathered from this scripture was have discernment, have discernment. We live in a day and age where propaganda and lies abound. It's so hard to know what's true, what's not. An interesting word of advice that I received from Dennis Prager at America Fest, not personally, but you know he said it right in front of everybody. Someone asked him this question, how do I know if someone's telling the truth or not? He said, well, wh- whoever is doing the censoring is lying. Think about it. Whoever is doing the censoring is lying. Do people who are telling the truth need to censor anything else? No. They, they know that what they're saying is true. They know that what they're saying is true. They, they're not going around telling everyone else to stop saying what they're saying. It's the people who are spinning the lies, and then they hear the truth coming out, and they think, Oh, no. If people start believing and hearing this truth, they're going to know that what I've been saying is a lie. So I need to shut down their story as quickly as possible. Interesting, isn't it? Uh, there's a lot more we could talk about this, but Hebrews 5.14 is a good verse to go along with this, having discernment. Hebrews 5.14, but solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment, trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. That's Hebrews 5.14. We need to be training ourselves. We need to be in the word, reading it, knowing what's true, period. We need to be spending time at the Lord's feet, listening to his voice, We need to be asking God for wisdom and discernment. James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. And Christians, brothers and sisters, we need discernment in this day and age. We need to pursue discernment. Have discernment. Ask God for it. Train yourself. Hebrews 5.14. And lastly, this is the one I didn't like. Acts 20.23. the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. It's happening to our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world right now. So many of our family is sitting in prison because of their faith. Afghanistan, North Korea, Nigeria, Iran, could go on and on. You think that America is immune to that? Far from it. Number eight, be prepared to suffer well. Be prepared to suffer well. I really think that's something we need to all be thinking about this year. Like I said, I don't claim to be predicting the future, but I, I see this happening already to other Christians across the world, why would we be exempt from it? Uh, this nation, I believe, is on the brink of utter ruin and collapse in many ways. I don't know how quickly that's going to happen or in what manner, but uh, we, we, we need to be ready for what, and we're, we're commanded uh, to be ready for this. Uh, Philippians, here's a couple extra bonus verses under this. Topic. In case you wanted to have more. (laughs) Yep, better be ready to suffer, Pastor Paul. Philippians 129. Philippians 129. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. 2 Timothy 2.3. Share in the suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. 2 Timothy 2.3. The first one was Philippians 129, in case you missed it. 2 Timothy 2.3. And then Philippians 3.8. Philippians 3.8. Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. I've had people come up to me. Pastor, if you're not careful what you're saying, you're going to have one of those three-letter agencies after you. It could happen. I'm one of those people that stand in front of abortion facilities regularly. It could happen. Am I, am I ready to suffer well for Jesus? Have you, have you, you guys have heard of this, right? There's, there's people standing in front of abortion facilities that the FBI is coming up and arresting. We still have people in prison from January 6th, two years ago. Absolutely an atrocity. They're not following the Constitution. They haven't had fair trials in a speedy manner. It's, it's disgusting to me. And all these three-letter agencies, most of, none of which are in the Constitution, are thinking that they're running our country. Uh, well, I got news for you guys. God is running this country, and he will bring his justice eventually. Jesus is going to come back. <laughs> Who was telling me? <laughs> it was either Jude or Noel. They said, yeah. Oh, I think it was Noel last night we were, we were talking and you know about what it means to have a relationship with Jesus and how he came to die on the cross for our sins. And she said, "Yeah, and, and next time Jesus comes, he's going to have a sword in his mouth." <laughs> I said, "You're, you're, you're right." because <laughs> she, she's heard me talking, like, I can't wait till Jesus comes back, and he's riding on that horse, he's got his diadems, the sword coming out of his mouth, his eyes are blazing, and he's going to bring justice. He's going to bring that warrior that all the people wanted the first time that he came. Oh, yay, they're going to overthrow the Romans. But not that time. But next time he comes back, yeah, he's going to be, he's going to be a mighty warrior. And I can't, I can't wait for him to come and set things straight. Uh, I look forward to that. But in the meantime, we, we continue business. We occupy until he comes. We continue to serve him in however he's called us to. And, and, and some, for some of us sitting right in this room, that, that might include sitting in prison and being... Greatly mistreated. Not something I'm looking forward to. Could it? I, I pray, you know, whatever God has in store for me, I'm ready to face it. We don't know what 2023 will bring. You are not God. I am not God. Praise the Lord. I love it when Tucker Carlson said that at America Fest, he says, the problem with thinking that you are God is that you're not. Pretty But <laughs> the whole audience just roared into laughter. But there, there's people that think they're God. These globalists, Bill Gates, Klaus Schwab, they think they're God. We're just, just like in, in the days of Noah. Genetics are getting messed with. Uh, I, I just, I can't believe God has waited this long. But he's God. I'm not. You're not. But we do know what God has called us to do and how to live through these instructions that we talked about this morning and and many others through his holy word. So let's seek to show our love for the Lord this year by obeying what he's commanded us to do. I know this was a heavy message. I talked longer than I wanted to. Um, Surprise, surprise. (laughs) I'm going to, I'll I'll spend a little time in prayer here, but immediately after prayer, we are going to open up uh, the table for the Lord's Supper this morning. If you're not a member at Submerge, that's okay. All we ask is that you do indeed have a relationship with Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that that he is your King, he's your Lord, uh, and he's the one that you follow, that you've given your life to, you've accepted him into your heart, however you want to put that. So if if you've done that, if you have a relationship with the Lord, we invite you to join us uh, for the Lord's Supper. So after I pray, I'll just kind of excuse us by row. You can use the hand sanitizer if you want. No one's going to be watching, so you don't have to, but... Uh, anyway, and then you can just go through and then, um, and then you can bring the elements you know, back, back to your seat and then just uh, have that between you and God. Uh, take them at your leisure. We won't take them all together. Uh, and then we'll uh, close with one brief song. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you that you are on the throne. Lord, thank you for your word that we can trust it, that we can believe it. Thank you we don't have to fact check it. Uh, even though there's been so many times across history that people have tried to destroy your word, and yet it has made it through. The number one top-selling book of all time on the top of the list all the time blows all the other books out of the water. We we thank you, Lord, that we can trust it, we can cling to it. Thank you for the instructions and the guidance that you give us. Lord, help us to seek you this year. Lord, help us to be more holy. Help us to get to know you more. Uh, All all these things we talked about, Father, I, I pray that we would let them sink in. And that we just be more like you, Jesus. Uh, and to sum it all up, that we would, we would love you, God, and we would love our neighbor as ourselves. Everything is summed up under those two commandments. Help us to be bold uh, in our faith. Man, when I typed in the word suffer, it comes up so, so many times throughout, throughout Scripture, especially in the New Testament. Uh, Jesus, you, you never said that we would be spared from suffering. Lord, I pray you'd prepare us for that, just as our brothers and sisters right this very minute are suffering. Some are in prison, some are being beaten, some are being chased out of their homes. Lord, we pray for them. They're a part of our body. We suffer with them when they suffer. Lord, I just pray that we would find it a joy to serve you in whatever way you call us to, but that we would be faithful to the end. We'd hear you say, well done, Good and faithful servants. So we trust you, Lord, with this year. We look to you. Help us to encourage each other. Help us to continue meeting with one another. uh, And that we would uh, be faithful with what you've given us. To be salt and light in our community, putting our faith into action. Uh, and, and, And Jesus, we thank you that you're the reason we're here. Thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. Thank you for paying the price that none of us could ever pay. And we remember that today, Jesus. We remember your suffering that you did for us by dying on the cross. And we remember that by partaking in uh, the Lord's Supper as you have commanded us to do. So I pray that you would uh, be with us today. In Jesus' name, amen.